Last week, we began our worship series on the letter of First Peter, written long ago to Christians as a reminder of how the celebrations of Easter Sunday are really meant to impact our daily lives. Easter isn't just one day, it's an entire season, and it really builds upon who we are as Christians. We are Easter people. We are reminded in First Peter that in Jesus, we have been given new life, new birth, and into a living hope through the resurrection. And because of that, we should live in this contented joy that is always with us. Because no matter our external circumstances, we are nonetheless blessed by God's mercy each and every day. This week, we continue in the first chapter of 1 Peter, beginning in verse 17. Hear these words from Scripture. If you appeal to the Father who judges impartially, According to each one's work, you are to conduct yourselves in reverence during your time, living as strangers. For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from your fathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with precious blood of Christ, like that of any unblemished and spotless lamb. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for you. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth, so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other, From a pure heart, love one another constantly, because you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and the enduring word of God. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of this word. Now let us remember, when we read this from 1 Peter, this was written to Christians who were in exile in Asia Minor. Christians who were in exile, not because they physically had to move away from where they once lived, but because they chose a different life. They were pagans who chose a new life with Jesus. And because of that, they were exiled from their old family and friends, from their old lives, who were no longer, who were no, not Christians. They lived each day surrounded, yet on the outside, of their former lives. And because of this, they surely found themselves to be this threatened minority in a disbelieving and sometimes hostile world. In this environment, fellow Christians had to trust one another, that they wouldn't turn on each other and and turn one, one another in to the local authorities, but rather that they would support one another. They would protect each other, And essentially that they had to trust that they had one another's backs. This letter then written to them reminds them of this. Beginning in verse 22, it says, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers and sisters, love one another deeply from the heart, for you have been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable 
through the living and the enduring word of God. It's saying here, be what you are. Since you have been purified, since you, you have this pure love, this genuine love, have it for one another and act that out in heartfelt devotion. And the reason or the motivation for this, for this sibling love, is obedience to the truth. The truth that is the new life and the living hope of Jesus. The author of this letter stresses obedience here. Not just knowing or agreeing with the truth, but being obedient to it. Living a life that is changed because of it. Giving in to the authority that that truth has over one's life. The difference between knowing and obeying that the author of First Peter is talking about here is, I'm sure, something that we are all too familiar with. The first thing that popped into my mind when I was thinking about this was exercise. We know that exercise is good for us, that it improves our muscle and our bone health, it helps with circulation and heart health, it improves our mood, it reduces the risk of chronic health issues, it improves brain function and quality of sleep, and on and on and on. But many of us have just as long of a list of why we don't exercise. I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I'm too overwhelmed. I'm not built for exercise. I can't get up that early. Or simply, I don't want to. I've been there. I've succumbed to the excuses so much that I had to put it in the January newsletter that I was going to run a half marathon this spring because I knew that if I didn't declare it to a bunch of people that were going to hold me accountable, then I wouldn't do it. And still, here I am at the end of April, and I still have not run my half marathon. Now, I blame that big, gigantic excuse that we all have for things right now, the coronavirus. But really, that's just one more excuse. I know the health benefits of exercise are real. I know that I feel so much better after I exercise, that I feel more myself. And so I've started running again, and I will run that half marathon this year. I'm not necessarily calling out a month. Being obedient to the truth of Jesus means that we are to live a life differently than we once did that we are to put that belief, that knowledge, into action. Before we knew of God's unconditional love, a living, and that living hope that is in Jesus, before we knew of the power of God, God's ability to conquer death, we put that aside. We live in that knowledge now. Being obedient to this truth means living it out with our entire body, doing it rather than simply knowing it in our head. This letter is calling these first Christians to not only know the new life and the living hope of Jesus in their heads and even in their hearts, but to know it in their entire bodies, to be what they are, to be Christians, to be brothers and sisters, to be siblings in Christ, to be changed. 
In particular, the author is reminding them that, that loving God means loving one another sincerely. What Jesus calls here, what Jesus calls the New Testaments can be seen here. The greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and all your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. The greatest commandments. In this context, it's a reminder that we are not in this alone. That because of Jesus, we have a community that is centered in God built on mutual love and support for one another. This was needed as a reminder to those first Christians as they lived in exile. I'm sure that they felt alone and lost, probably scared and fearful for what tomorrow might bring. And it's a needed reminder for us, too, as we live in our own type of exile, from our former lives, uncertain of what tomorrow might bring. But no matter the physical distance separating us, no matter how long you have been worshiping with us, we are united by something that is much bigger than ourselves. We are united by a God who brings new life out of every situation, a living hope into each and every circumstance. And if we are obedient to that truth, if we live into that truth with our whole selves, then we will never be alone. Nothing will ever be able to separate us from God or one another. We are together even when we are apart. Thanks be to God. As Malik plays this next song, Amazing Grace, I invite you to share your joys and your concerns in the comments. Um, if you are uh, joining us on live stream on the website, I invite you to email any joys or concerns.